Hello, my name is Arthur Potts Dawson. I'm a chef. I've been cooking for 33 years. I am the World Food Programme Advocacy Chef. I'm Executive Chef at Ombed Gardens in London, and I love cooking. Okay, so this is a little bit of a special episode of the Chef's Manifesto podcast. Um, so it'd be great to hear a little bit about the backstory of how it began. And also, yeah, just to kind of drill down into what it's all about. The sustainable food narrative is now not a new one. And I suppose my journey through it has always been just observational. This is what I think should be happening. This is the direction I've been going in. And you tend to then find people going in the same direction as you. And then you hold hands and you all kind of go in the same direction together. Um, but I think it, there's been some uh, much, uh, much more important, almost honing of the edges of these types of relationships where groups of people have now come together and rather than just being this sort of dull edge of narrative four five six seven eight people all holding hands and, and saying the same thing creates a much sharper point and those points are being picked up by bigger organizations and um, I've taken a role that before I became the advocacy chef for the world food program I was already working with them and that's when I met Paul, and, and Paul and I were sort of looking eye to eye, sort of saying, you know, where, where, can, we, where can we take this sustainable message? Because we know that, that it's an important one, and chefs are right at the, you know, the forefront of talking about it, but we need to give them a voice. And I think that there was some very early work done on, well, what would, you know, you have to understand that sustainability and all of the sustainable development goals are so deep and complex that whoever you give it to, you give it to a politician or you give it to a, a mastermind, even if you gave it to Einstein, they'd take a long time to digest it, they'd take a long time to then regurgitate it and say, okay, this is what we need to be doing for the planet, da, da, da. So, actually, I took some inspiration from a, quite an important chap uh, called Ingvar Kompfast, I can't say his name properly, but he's the creator of IKEA. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the ways that he internalized how he got his staff members and how his, how his business actually runs are through communicating in a very simple way to the customer. And I saw that when I was working with IKEA and I thought, you know what, the, really the, the simplest way is to put down bullet points. You know, they can have, they can ratchet up into much bigger narratives, but always smile, <laughs> <laughs> always be presentable, always be on time. And, and if you put those into, you know, then you go, okay, I get it. Now, put sustainability into these steps and say right always make sure you have better livelihoods for people who grow your food one <laughs> always make sure you have respect for the oceans two and you start to go man okay these are the sort of steps to which we can build a narrative around so when we, then we sort of started throwing these ideas sort of back and forth but at the same time there's obviously other players in here it's not just Paul and I because there are big organisations and there's the UN and there's the World Food Program there's Sustainable Development Goal Advocacy Hubs um, and Paul's energy was paramount to pulling it all together but you know sparks come from all over the place you know and, and that was just one of the and funny that we're sitting in a podcast room in Sweden when I'm pulling up ideas from a chat from Sweden to create, but you know this is a, and you know if you take an inspiration, Inc. IKEA is one of the most successful and powerful companies in the world, but they use simple steps to communicate what they do inside their business, and that is what I think the Chef's Manifesto does well. Brilliant, well said. One of the biggest issues you find is so many people will tell you what the problem is. Yeah. Oh, look at the fish is running out. Oh, look at the state of the soil. Oh my God, there's so much carbon in the air. Oh my God, look at them. I mean, the world's falling apart. Yeah. 
well, you better tell me how to fix it because if you can't tell me how to fix it, there's no point in telling me what the problem is because you're just going to talk forever. So I think that, and that's something that, you know, I've almost been working on sustainable restaurants and supermarkets and food systems for 15 years. And I'm only now hearing some of the things that we sort of brought up a long time ago. Yeah, and and because people are still going back around and again and again and again, not having the solutions to the problems that are out there. So one of the things that the Chef's Manifesto does brilliantly is, how can you make a difference when you purchase food in this way? How can you make a difference when you look at fish and the systems of the oceans? How can you make a difference when you pay somebody the right money when they're delivering you the honey that they just pull from a hive from an East Timorese beach? Because if we do not have the solutions to the problems that we know we have, then we're just going to go round and round in circles and the world will not continue to turn in the way it is. Mm. So that's very important. But uh, I do want to jump back a little bit more. It, you know, we seem to be running now into such a, a, a we've had a global explosion, a, explosion of the human being, right? There's a lot of us. And what was probably only 50 years ago, but let's jump back 70 years, when the planet was not so densely populated and perhaps more people lived on the land than in cities, or certainly weren't as we, the cities weren't as populated, people had a much better understanding of seasonality, a much better understanding of animal welfare, a much better understanding of the price of food. And, you know, for example, I was speaking to Manjit Gill, who's one of the Chefs Manifesto Chefs, here in uh, Stockholm with us. And I was talking to him about fish. And I said, Manjit, India is, you know, three quarters of it surrounded by water. Talk to me about fish. He said, well, you know, actually, for nearly four and a half months of the year, we don't eat fish in India. I said, what are you talking about? He said, because season seasonally, we recognize that fish need time in order to repopulate themselves. We don't eat fish in the summer. Well, probably for good reason, because it probably doesn't travel well inland mm. uh, there's a lot, lot of river fish as well, a lot of river fish in India too and they take it and, and so actually you're, you're, you've got a, a, almost a symbiotic relationship well when the fish is healthy when it's not spawning when it's, when it's well enough for us to eat then we'll consume it which makes absolute sense because that's when it's at its optimum for you to, to, to take it but it's also giving the chance for the stocks to replenish themselves. Now, if you think of India as a, a population of over a billion with a huge responsibility on both sides of its coastlines and its fresh water to take nearly half a year not eating the fish that surrounds it, it's an important statement. So I'm just trying to say that, you know, we've accelerated so far into the future so quickly and then the dense populations of people in cities that they just don't understand what's going on. And then chefs are cooking for these people in cities and those people are turning to the chefs and saying, can you please tell us what to do? And the chef's going, oh, uh, uh, uh. And then they find the chef's manifesto and go, oh, actually, this is a great way for me to message back to my customer, this is what we do to enable sustainability inside our business because we couldn't communicate it properly. And these eight very simple points which ratchet up into a much bigger global picture. So I think that um, as the population grows, they need more answers. Chefs have the solutions inside the manifesto to be able to deliver those answers. And that's probably why you're finding that within the last 365 days, chefs have picked up this manifesto and gone, got it, I've got the message, I can use this. I had a really interesting conversation with someone who I completely forget who even they were yesterday because it's been a, a whirlwind. <laughs> and we were talking about the future. And the idea was that, you know, 
Let's take, for example, the mobile phone industry or the banking system or any of these systems that the Western world has gone through from having to sign a cheque, having to run into a bank and in cash money. And there were lots of very antiquated banking systems that we had to go through in order for us to get to mobile banking. Suddenly, all our banks are closing. Parts of the world didn't even have banks. And, but slowly, they're waking up to the future of banking online. They didn't even know a bank teller. They didn't even bring their money in to pay a cash or check. Mm. But, so they're going to accelerate straight past all of the 50 years of banking that we did in the West, directly into mobile banking. Directly into mobile phones that control all and of the systems. And even microcurrencies. And microcurrencies. So suddenly there are futuristic technologies which are vital to us to not have to impact on the planet like we just did in the, the you know North America and Europe we went through a very slow process which was probably quite highly time inefficient and inefficient in many different ways to get to this point of electronic technology delivering solutions fast so i'm very excited about that because we they're going to jump basically a very big mountain of issues that we've had to wade our way through to find the technology that works which is great and that is also something for the food systems of the world where we look at tech how do you order it? When is it, when it, when is it optimal to, to plant the seed? Because it could be that the rainfall at this part of the world is better here than there. So perhaps we should be looking at technologies that tell us we should be growing wheat in this area of the world this year. We should be looking to fish perhaps this part of the ocean this time, but let's leave that to, 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 lay, to lie fallow because those fish stocks need to recover. We need to look at... So actually there are huge solutions coming this because as a planet we have to move forward we can no longer throw up borders and say this is my wheat this is my water and these are my strawberries if that happens we're screwed the boundaries need to drop and we all need to say right the only direction that this needs to pla- the planet needs to go in is in the same direction the same time using te- advanced technologies that take us into a much more sustainable understanding of how this planet works brilliant um, I think to wrap up, it would be good to kind of take this back to, to to food itself. What ingredient would you bring to the table now to kind of tell a little story about your home cooking again and, and the food from your country? Uh, I'm going to rewind four days. Um, I was standing in a cider barn in Somerset, speaking to a sixth generation cider maker who was telling me... Uh, Borough Hill? Uh, no, it's Roger Wilkins Cider Barn, which is near Wedmore, uh, Cheddar, and Somerset. And uh, we were talking about the apple. And, you know, you have to understand that, you know, every, everywhere in the world had its own locality and regionality and soil and uh, precipitation. And apples grow brilliantly in this part of the world. And they were used uh, as a juice. They were used to make cider, which became a vinegar. They used to heal lots of different types of ailments because the vinegar is an awesome um, healer of the gut. It's very good for your hair, very good for your skin, uh, very good for your eyes. Um, but the the apple in its most humble form is probably one of the most powerful ways that you can use sunshine, water and soil to generate one of the most healing, nutritious and probably future food advanced tech which is give me some sunshine give me some water i'll give you an apple now do this with it an apple a day an apple a day thanks for listening in if you like this conversation with chef arthur make sure you don't miss the other episodes of the chef's manifesto podcast